Here's to courageous pioneers who understand a legacy is multifaceted. Welcome to our Legacy Planning Podcast, a podcast for leaders and visionaries of all ages. Whether you are an independent entrepreneur or someone who is part of a family business, you too can leave something of value behind for a greater purpose. Perhaps your legacy will improve workplace cultures, seize authentic moments, or inspire others with your talent. Your host, Angelina Carlton, is the founder of Design Your Legacy, a boutique advisory firm based in Beverly Hills, California. She is a mentor and coach to leaders like you and has contributed to Alliance, a philanthropy magazine, as well as to women in family business. She has been recognized by Los Angeles Biz as an LA woman of influence, as well as by World HRD Congress for her work. Remember, you deserve great coaching because your legacy is worth completing. This morning, I have the opportunity to interview Ashim Kumar. He is the Chief Executive Officer of Ashim Kumar Associates, a professional training and leadership coaching firm. He is a chartered certified accountant with the professional accreditations of being a fellow of the Royal Society of Arts, a member of the Association of MBAs, as well as a John C. Maxwell certified leadership coach and trainer. His education includes a master's in business administration from Cass Business School in London, as well as a bachelor's with honors in accounting and finance from Middlesex University in London. He works with owners and successors of family businesses to preserve the family legacy when there is a transition to the next generation. Ashim coaches them through the four pillars of succession planning, transition planning, effective governance, maintaining family unity, and gaining financial freedom. He also spearheads the leadership and coaching training module on an AMBA accredited MBA program in Poland. Since its inception in 2018, Mr. Kumar has taught the strategic business leader paper of the ACCA's professional examinations. His students regularly achieve pass rates about double the international rates, and a number of his students have earned national prizes. Mr. Kumar has worked with clients across Europe, Central and Southeast Asia, and the Middle East to deliver comprehensive coaching and advisory services. His professional background includes serving as an executive director at Ernst & Young with their regional teams. While he enjoys continuous learning and cigars, he greatly dislikes the words, it's impossible and I can't do it. Now, without further ado. Good morning. My name is Angelina Carlton. I am a founder with Legacy Planning, and I am privileged to chat with Ashim Kumar this morning. He is a coach who has the opportunity to coach founders as well as next generation members through succession. Good morning, Mr. Kumar. Angelina, good morning to you. How are you? I'm very well, and I'm excited to have a conversation with you this morning about both the concept of legacy, but also the concept of the value of coaching. So to kickstart this conversation, I thought might, we might just jump in to the deep end and I might ask you, what's the proudest accomplishment that you have as a human being? And this is, I want us to be able to break through some of the professional stuff to actually see the human being underneath. Yeah, well, believe it or not, there is a human being underneath this. Um, <clears throat> Um, gosh, so on a, on a personal front, I have to say that my proudest accomplishment uh, is uh, my two children and how they've grown up. 
Um, and they're both beautiful, generous uh, children and I'm very, very proud of them. And I did have something to do with them being around. So that's an accomplishment, I guess. And the other one on a, on a personal sense and business sense. So over the years, we have lots of things drummed into our heads by people who love us, right? And who tell us these things uh, to protect us. But, the, but, oh, but that evolves such that these things actually stop you from progressing as an adult. And uh, those are limiting self-beliefs. And so for many years, I, you know, I felt that I, 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 I wanted to do more in life. I knew I could do more. I felt I, I, I knew I could, I could uh, have more of an impact on other people's lives, but I never believed in myself enough to be able to do that. And so, so for me, I mean, that's a huge accomplishment for me. I, I just I wanted to that say that that's an aha moment. Yeah, it was an aha moment, you know, and um, there's a huge accomplishment of which I'm very proud because now it gives me the opportunity to to be who I can and to impact others the way I best know how to. Um, and and that's, that's, I'm very, very proud that I can do that. And I think that authenticity piece is incredibly important because I think a lot of the times we forget that being ourselves is enough and it is that thing that is the most magnetic. Exactly. Exactly. You know, we're unique. We are each unique. And yet somehow we go through a, 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 a kind of an argument, an internal argument with ourselves, um, which says, yeah, well, you know, there are lots of people out there like you, or what you have to say is nothing new, or, you know, how will you do it anyway? You know, mm -hmm. or no one really wants to hear your message. Yes. You know, yes. We, we tell ourselves all of these things all the time. And that just reinforces those self-limiting beliefs that I was talking about earlier, which means that most of us mm -hmm. end up not being and doing the best, you know, being the best person we can and doing the best that we can, not only for ourselves, but for people around us, the people we love and people further afield, you know, so, and that's unfair. It that's, is, unfair. You know, and yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you're speaking to that because one of the things I say is that I think that uh, property and financial assets are very important with a legacy because obviously something of, a tangible or material value needs to be left behind to cover survival. But the things sure. that people remember is what you are talking about. They remember your example. They remember that Ashim got through to be his authentic self. And he, right. And he was brave right. enough to do that. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, uh, at the end of the day, Angelina, yes, the, the assets, the tangibles are wonderful, but they're not, they're not really who you are. And, they're a, they're a result of who you are. They're, you know, they're not the definition of who you are. They are outcomes. Correct. Right? And, and so you've got to start within, right, to identify who, are, who you are, what you can do, how you connect with others, and to follow your passion. And you've got to know what your passion is. Right. And as you go through that process and generate happiness, wealth, whatever you want to generate, the assets come later. Mm -hmm. you know? so, so for me, and I suspect for millions of people around the world, the hardest step, the hardest step 
is is to get into a place where you can do that and to do that inner work and find that place of peace absolutely yeah i mean you know mm, gone I, I was just going to add that I think that that inner journey that you've been on is incredibly important because if you've done the work, it's much easier than for you as a guide to be able to help a client through that compared to just what I call talking at something. No doubt, no doubt, because, you know, over the years, I, now when I hear some things that clients say, I know exactly where it's coming from, you know. Because I've been there. Right. I, I've been there. I know what's generating that. I know the deep-seated feelings that, that, that produce sentences like that. Yeah, and I it think... just, just mm -hmm. makes it you know, easier for me, if you like, to identify how, how we can move forward together. Yes, I think one of the most remarkable things that you have shared with me in one of our past conversations had to do with arrogance, that arrogance mm. many times is a cover up for insecurity. It can be very easy to buy into somebody's arrogance and think, oh, they have it made and they are so together and never for once think that they have to keep that mask on super tight. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because after we had that conversation, I thought about that. Oh. Um, yeah, I did too. I also thought about that. Um, and I mean, first of all, I, I try not to, I don't always succeed, but I try not to kind of label people um, because, because I feel that labeling just, it, it makes me lazy, right? Because if mm. I label somebody as arrogant or rude or whatever, it just makes it easier for me to uh, engage with him from that perspective right mm -hmm. and ignore all the other bits that make him up or make her up right but anyway that aside let's use the word arrogance for the moment and I kind of I, I analyzed it um I, what you know what I said in our conversation and here's what I came to the which is what coaches do keep going <laughs> which is what yeah absolutely which is what coaches do I mean you know that's who we are right and um I thought, okay, so 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 when somebody's behaving arrogantly, what are the possible causes? Okay, one is the one you've just mentioned, right? We 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 are actually uh, vulnerable or we're insecure because we realize that we're not sure that what we're doing as a leader perhaps uh, is the right thing to do, and we feel that. Um, Leaders don't behave like that. Leaders don't have this uncertainty. Leaders have to be clear on what they're doing, where they're going, because that's what's expected of them, right? Expectations are huge, yes. The expectations. Now, now listen to this before we move to the next bit, right? So we are basing what we think leaders should be for, on what? Yeah, where does that picture, which comes into our head of what a leader should be, where does that picture come from? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, do, does it come from our upbringing or from our families or, you know, from from what we see in other leaders? Right. Um, anyway, moving on. So so we compare other leaders or the expectations that we have of ourselves to oh, our sure. behavior. Right. We feel we feel insecure. And so what we do is we overcompensate. Hmm. We overcompensate. So, so we don't want to be vulnerable, right? 
we don't want to we don't want to admit that hey you know what i don't know everything surprise surprise you know? <laughs> yes, um, yes. We, we don't want to say that right right so we overcompensate so that way we we avoid having to having to admit that we don't know and we sound like we do we sound mm. like we know everything but you know here's the problem here's the problem right you don't know what you're doing you you make decisions which as a leader will affect dozens hundreds maybe thousands of people mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and you've done it in the full knowledge that this may not be the optimal step to take right right so you've impacted up you know thousands of people because <laughs> because you didn't want to admit to yourself or to others yeah right right that hey i don't know and that's such a shame because the world needs the honesty and other people need the honesty and you need the honesty you need to be honest with yourself right because unless you are how are you going to grow how are you going to get better unless you realize identify where you need to be and, and what you need to work on right? Or where you need support from others, unless you identify that, then how are you going to grow, Angelina? You tell me, right? And it's a leader's duty to grow. It is. It is if, if, they, if they realize that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, they owe it to the people that they lead. Yes. I'm glad that anyway, you thought I- about it afterwards, because I also wanted to add the the insight or the distinction that many times the magic of coaching happens in between sessions. It might not happen that moment. It can happen three days afterwards or seven days afterwards. And then all of a sudden something shifts in the brain and in (laughs) the heart and in the soul that like a new possibility opens up or something else becomes uh, available as a, what I call an, um, an internal resource or being resourceful. Um, Yes. Yes. Okay. Good. Exactly. Okay. You know, I mean, you know, the, the coaching happens and you think, yeah, I get that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you go away. Let's suppose you're the, the, you're the coachee, right? You go away. And then suddenly three days later, you're doing something completely different. You know, you're making omelet and suddenly the penny <laughs> drops. You think, ah, that's what it means. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's great. It is great. And I think it's so important to be able to talk about these subjects and yeah. realize the value of the conversation around a variety of subject matters that if we don't have the opportunity to be able to hash it out with different perspectives and different beliefs, we're left in a world of our own in our head. Yes, yes, yes. So if if you had a microphone to the 70% of the family enterprises that don't make it to the second generation, and I know that is a broad generalization again, what would you say to those family enterprises? Okay. Um, as you say, it's a very broad generalization, right? Because 70%, uh, you know, I'm, I'm wary of statistics. You've, you've heard the expression lies, damn lies, and statistics, right? Yes, yes. I remember that from college. So, yes. <laughs> right. So, so uh, you know, I take that very much to heart. But anyway, for the, mo- for the sake of this conversation, let's assume it's true. I suppose the, the first thing um, is that I wouldn't say anything. I would actually ask. 
I would ask questions. I would get curious because, look, every family is different. Every, every family uh, business is different. They have different ambitions, different visions, different cultures, right? Mm -hmm. Internal cultures, I mean, within the organization, within the family. And so it's that combination that is going to influence the success or otherwise of that, of that family going forward, right? So, I mean, you know, we say 70% of, 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 uh, of businesses don't make it to the second generation. Well, you know what? What about if the founder really didn't care terribly much about that? You know, let's suppose, let's suppose he or she simply wanted to do it to make a bit of money, right? It went well. The kids weren't particularly interested in getting involved, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And and the business kind of died a death. I don't know. Maybe they sold it or they just closed it down, you know. So so lumping that kind of business or that kind of environment, uh, yeah, that kind statistic, of statistic statistic into mm -hmm. into the statistics doesn't make sense, right? Mm -hmm. So so that's why I'd be very wary of saying anything without first understanding. What was going on? You know, rooting around. Okay, yeah. like Where's detective it? work. It's well, it is. I mean, that that's what coaching is also about, right? Yes. But it's about asking those questions, solving the mysteries uh, that need to be solved. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's it's about getting deeper than the typical. Yeah, I did it because you know I needed money, or I didn't do it because I didn't have time. I mean, as coaches, you know very well that that's not where we stop, right? With our clients. Um, and sometimes uh, we, 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 we take them through a journey which they're not used to. Correct. Yeah. It's not for the faint um, of heart. Not, well, you know, everybody works in a coaching relationship. Correct. Everybody works, right? Correct. We're, we're, not, we're not there to give answers, easy answers. We're not there to accept easy answers either. Right. Right? Right. So everyone gets to do a bit of work. And, but, but the thing that I love about coaching is that always, always, it's because when we work with someone, we do it with heart and soul. Yes. And we do it because we want them to be the best they can be. We want them to throw away those shackles I was talking about earlier by being clear on on who they are and, and what they want in their life. vision, their highest potential, everything. Absolutely. Yes. yes. And that is such a beautiful thing to see when it happens. It is. And I think one of the, the miraculous aspects that is qualitative and invisible that coaches and advisors bring is even simply holding the space for the greatness of the client. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so, so we believe in them, right? Yes. Yes. And that changes we them. Exactly. Yes. You know, and, and, and they don't and they don't have to be somebody else with us. Correct. Right. Yes. It's a safe space. It's a safe environment for them to be themselves. And 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 so basically they give themselves permission. Right. Yes. To be who they are. Correct. And to expose themselves 
to the opportunity and the possibilities. Absolutely. Yes. And I think that what comes out of that is a better human being, a better leader, a better business person. I think exponentially the ripple effect affects not only their lives, but everyone around them and then for generations to come. Yes. Absolutely. No doubt. You know, yes. and this is what we forget. This is what yeah. we forget often, Angelina, that what we do, how we behave, what we say is not just about us. It never is. You know, it's always about how it spills over. And it does spill over. Yeah, there's a euphemistic um, uh, saying. I don't know if you've ever used it. It's, <laughs> it's euphemistic because uh, um, sometimes we have to be careful not to hurt other people's feelings at times. And this, the saying or the expression is, oh, he or she was just clumsy. And I don't, I don't mean clumsy that they were walking into walls. I mean that they were clumsy in their own life and clumsy with the handling of other people's lives. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, you know, it's it's not that we deliberately want to negatively impact others. It's that we, you know, generally I, I don't believe people are like that. Mm-hmm. But we do, and very often we, we do it without realizing it. Right. It's consciousness. Uh, it, yes, exactly. Yes. yes. Without being aware of it, without connecting with the other person, without being present to hear them. I mean, really hear them. Not just listen to them. Oh, yes, yes. I think that's so, a huge distinction. Yeah, you know. And so, so you know, we get to recognize as, as leaders that when we, when we, um, when there's something deep inside us that's frustrating us, making us angry uh, and so on, and, and if, if we think that we can leave the office behind when we walk into our home, right? Mm-hmm. And you're a, you know, we're going to be completely different when we get home and we'll forget about all the stresses of the office. You are wrong. You are absolutely wrong. It will come into your home. And what you have at home will go into your office. And that's just for an ordinary person living or working in a, in a business that is, is not a family business. Mm-hmm. Now, if you add to that the various, if you like, the closeness, the relationships, the, the, the tighter, closer relationship that exists in a family business, if you add that to that context, how complex is that, right? Everything that you feel and do affects your home life and your, and, and your, and your professional life immediately instantaneously and very often in a much more amplified way absolutely because of the yeah the pressure there the money is added yeah like the saying with money money just makes somebody more of who they already are so then if if i translate that over to a family business for instance um who people are just is going to be magnified you you pull on this end of the spider web or it's going to change three other things elsewhere and exactly in the nuances yeah you know so, so, you know, that's another reason that I get so excited about, about coaching and family businesses, because it is just so, so complex. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and, and, and the thing is that um, we, we, as owners and as successors, we, we get to realize that 
analyzing every aspect of our relationships in the business is a monumental job, you know? And if we think, again, if we think we can do it alone without help, again, we'll find that we're probably wrong, you yes. know? And, and that's, again, why the coach becomes so powerful. To walk you know, with, why, mm -hmm. Sorry, go on. Well, to walk with the person, there, there's a poem, and it, um, the poem can be a metaphor regardless of anybody's yeah. spiritual or religious beliefs. There's a poem called Footprints, and I'm not saying that the advisor is Jesus, but, but I think the, the message of the poem is that we don't have to walk alone. And we don't Absolutely. have to figure it all out because one of the things with advisory and coaching services, and I have worked with uh, quite a few coaches in the last 20 years, and I found it to be exponentially rewarding. And even with that piece about mentoring, how are we supposed to know it all? We, there's no way. Right. And as right. much as our parents have raised us the best that they can, they, when we become adults, they might not want to be um, a helicopter parent anymore or so hands-on. They might say, okay, well, now it's up to you. And so whether we're 30, 40, 50, or 60, I, I think to have that sounding board, as well as that two-way, very tough, very honest conversation only propels a person to be better, especially when others are watching them. No doubt. No doubt. You know, why do you think, Angelina, if you talk to all the top people in business, mm -hmm. right, why do you think they have coaches? You know, they're so hugely successful. Yet what they know is that they don't know everything. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. And so so even though they've reached this enormous success, they recognize that a coach will really, really help them move forward, move on, you know? Yes. And I would also add to that to unpack things mm. because I have found that regardless of the net worth of an individual, they can also find themselves at a higher level of being trapped if they don't know how to unwind and unpack yes. the new challenges that success brings to them. Yes. You know, yeah, absolutely. You know, when we look at these ultra high net worth individuals, for example, right, we think, well, you know, they've got their lives sorted out. They've got no worries at all. And actually, what we often forget is they're people just like you and I. Correct. Right? Correct. Um, with, with the same insecurities, questions, uh, weaknesses, strengths, passions that we all have. Mm -hmm. Right. And so just because they've got money in the bank and lots mm -hmm. of assets doesn't automatically mean that they don't need a coach. In fact, they need a coach for exactly the same reasons that everyone else needs a coach. Yes. You know? yes. So, so, so kind of saying these guys don't need support or these guys saying to themselves they don't need support. Again, I would invite them to to find out more about what coaching does. In fact, it's not just, it's, sorry, to, I, I know I blather a lot, I know, uh, but instead of, you know, it's, it's not only uh, wealthy people who, mm -hmm. who, who use coaches. Coaches use coaches, right? Coaches use coaches. And yes, and, yes and, and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to have the conversation with a variety of coaches and advisors, right. not just for the legacy piece, but also because when I looked at, speaking about statistics again, I think business coaching is a $10 billion industry, yeah. but the technology industry is 900% more. So when I think about 
if somebody even wanted to find somebody that they could speak with, they, they go, let's say, onto the internet and there's a sea of people, but how do you really get a feel for who you might be able to trust? Right. Or, or feel vulnerable with, because initially, many times clients um, are sheepish when they first yeah. approach, because it is, and what I mean by sheepish is not that they're a sheep, but that they are trying to figure out, do I open up? Yeah. And how much do I open up? Because I have a volcano full of problems and right. challenges that have been existing in my head and I need to find the right person. Yes. Yes. So, so what works for me and, and makes sense to me and, and it's, that's why it's kind of, it's, it's honest, it's authentic when I, when I do it is the following. Um, the first is I make sure that I am I am taking on the right people as a as coaches as well. Okay, it's got to be a match in both directions, right? Mm -hmm. They've got to feel comfortable with me, and I've got to feel comfortable with them. By that I mean that I believe that they have the commitment mm -hmm. to, to to move forward, right? Because as we said earlier, coaching is work. It takes work, right? So, so that's the first thing. The second thing is, for me, I, I go to that relationship with, because I care, right? right? I really care. I work with somebody because I want to see them grow before me. I want to see them grow for themselves. And blossom. And blossom. Because that's important to me. I care about that. It's not about the fee that I'm charging. It's not about, you know, how many lessons I can squeeze out of that, or how many sessions I can squeeze. It's right. not about that. It's right. because I really want to see it, right? So caring. And, and when you go into a conversation like that, then, then the other person senses it. Okay. Yes, they leading with love. Yes. Yeah. You know, and so, so that's 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 the second thing, right? The third is the connection. So, so, so if if caring is kind of deep down in your heart, connection is starting to move upwards, right? And it's about it's a it's a connection which is which has many, as we both know, many, many different components. Um, rapport and empathy are two that are often quoted. Body language is another. But again, it has to come from a place of authenticity because if you try and build a connection in a way that isn't honest and genuine, it won't work, right? So, so connection is the third, you know, and then the fourth is communication. It's communication. And, and by that, I mean, you know, um, I mean, most people actually, and I'm, I'm, I'm misquoting here, but most people don't communicate as well as they think they do, right? Yes. Yeah. And I, I was going to add that even going back to that statistics of <laughs> the 70% or the 30% or wherever that number is, I think um, communication, even just you know, what is that? 51% uh, of success is showing up. If somebody simply shows up and they try to communicate, that is much better than if they never show up in the missed Absolutely. opportunities. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
you know, if you're going to win the race, you're going to be there first, right? Correct. And it takes it takes um, courage and presence to show up, like just show up, even if you fumble, just keep showing up. <laughs> and it's not easy, right? We've both it's been there, Angelina. Yes. We've both been there, right? But so, so how do we, anyway, I'll, I'll come back to that. I'll come back okay. to that. Let me just finish my point about, about communication, right? So, so what happens? Most of us don't communicate as well as, as we think we do. Hopefully, we as coaches are a little bit better uh, than the average, but there's no guarantee of that, of course. So, so we get to learn to communicate better every day. We need to do that because we can't connect with other people. We can't share messaging with others unless we do that. So, so I constantly work on my communication skills to to help me to become better at helping or working with my clients and how others receive your messages that's what it's all about and also how i receive others messages you know how 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 observant am i um uh, how how well do i listen to the tone that they use or that where they look when they say things or you know are they fidgety Uh, you know what words are they using what words are they using consistently? All of these form a picture for us. Yes, and also what, yes, mm-hmm. and also what are they not saying? And what are they not saying? Yes. What are they scared of saying? What do they stop themselves from saying? Right? Bingo. And and then you and then you kind of say, aha, that's an aha moment. Yes. Because there's a wonderful opportunity there to to invite them to face those fears. Yes. So, so yeah. wonderful. So speaking about vision. Yeah. And, um, and I actually, I, I want to say something regarding what you just uh, pointed out, which is, sure. I think it is, it, it can become life-changing when somebody can give language to what they're afraid to speak of, because that can be something that they carry around like an invisible suitcase for years or decades, let alone yeah. uh, if I talk about something like generational curses, which I won't get into here, but um, sometimes how, like where we find ourselves and what we have to unpack started <laughs> way back there. <laughs> sure did. And sure someone did. else didn't want to unpack it, but if we don't, we still carry the luggage and the suitcase. And if we want to let that suitcase go and be a little lighter and freer. Yes. Absolutely. Giving language to it can set us free. And, and, you know, communication is, is so much more complex than most people give it credit for. You know, it's so much more complex. The more you, the more you learn, the more you realize how little you know. Correct. Correct. You know, about it. So, because we are complex creatures, aren't we, Angelina? We are complex creatures. We are. We are. And I, I appreciated what you had shared before about when we come across someone who is arrogant, not to just think of them as one-dimensional. Because I, I know I have sat down in meetings, business meetings with others, and sometimes they want to put me into a box. And then it can become confusing if I don't fit into that box. If I'm a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But I think all of us are a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Of course. 50 other things. Exactly. Exactly. Right. right. You know, and it's not easy. It's not easy not to do that. It's not easy not to label people or box people. Yes. Because, because that's what we've always seen. And it's easy. Do. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 lazy, actually. It is. It's it's social programming, and it's also lazy because I think the prefrontal cortex likes it easy and simple. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. 
you know, and um, and and we're better than that. You know, we 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 as human beings, as intelligent, sentient beings, are better than simply saying this person is like that. Therefore, I will always treat them in this way. This is how they behave, and when they behave the way we expect, it reinforces our preconceived notion. When they don't behave the way in which we expect, we ignore it. Yes, yes. Right. So all we end up doing is just re reinforcing our initial, yes. uh, uh, you know, uh, estimation of them. And I might also add to to this piece of the conversation before I move on to the next question. Sure. I learned of a uh, term recently called confirmation bias. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's where we. Yeah, only look for what we want to see and hear and understand and nothing absolutely. else. Yes. Absolutely. 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 Well, that, that's what I, exactly what I was describing just now. But yeah. Yes. Yeah, so so yeah. in addition to mm. the coach doing the inner work in order yeah. to guide their clients as leaders, what would you say is your vision for yourself and your company so that if a client says, Ashim, help me with clarifying my vision? What would you volunteer first? Right. Well, okay. So it's a, <laughs> it's a difficult one to answer this one. I'll tell you why it's difficult because, because it's very difficult for me to distinguish between personal and professional vision because for me, they're the same. Right. Uh, let, let, let me try Let me try and explain. So my, professional vision, if you like, is basically to change the world of family business, right? I mean, that's it. I to, be, to be healthier, to be more transparent. Yeah. So I want to change the world uh, of family business when going through transition, all right? So I'm, I'm, I specifically want to focus on that. Why? Because that is the messiest part very often. Right. Mm. And, 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 and the way that I want to do that is by raising awareness around the world amongst family businesses, raising awareness that there are options, right? Um, that it's perhaps not so difficult, not so painful um, to, you know, to, to start working on, on, on succession, you know, to get what you want out of it as the owner, as the next gen. Mm -hmm. Right. So the, the reason I want to I want to do that the reason that's my vision relates to something I said earlier, which was that leaders impact others. They impact the lives of others, the ripple yes. effect. Right. Yes. Yes. Whether and they're conscious of it or not. Yeah. Whether they're conscious of it. So so it's not just about them or their business or even just their family. Mm -hmm. It's about hundreds, maybe thousands of people who are impacted by a transition, by a succession, which is done well, as well as not so well, right? People lose jobs, people lose livelihoods, people lose dreams. Identity. They yes. lose, oh, they... <clears throat> they lose so much. So you don't just owe it to yourself and you don't just owe it to your immediate family. You owe it to a lot more people as a leader 
of mm-hmm. a family business. So, so that's my that's my personal vision, and that's why uh, it's so important. So now that leads into my sorry, that's my professional vision, if you like. So, if I'm hearing you correctly, if you could take the pain out of it, if I could take the pain out of it, or at least show or make make owners and next gens aware of how they can take the pain out of it. So so my piece is about the raising of awareness. It's about clarity of where they want to go, mm-hmm. right? Everyone involved, I mean, everybody. And then putting, putting the mechanisms in place, putting the experts in place, giving, giving uh, tangibility to the idea, to the vision, whether it's, you know, uh, um, setting the business up for sale, whether it's writing a charter, business charter, you know, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. to make that vision a reality, that's, those are the mechanics. Yes, and to get them unstuck so they take the first steps exactly. forward so, so, compared exactly. to ignoring it. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's be clear on what you want first. Let's start at the end. Let's start with your vision. Why mm-hmm. is this your vision? What does this do for you? All of those. Yes, and what values do you get to honor? Yes. Right. Yes. You know? and, not- and then you start thinking about, right, how do we do it? Yes, and, and I also think it's valuable to not just put that conversation solely on the attorneys and the CPAs. No. They aren't necessarily trained in the emotional intelligence aspects, even though there are some attorneys and some CPAs that are incredibly emotionally intelligent so i'm yeah. not yes but i no, but it takes a team and it takes it, do, it does yeah it does take a team and i you know in, in terms of the process i see myself and coaches like you angelina right at the beginning at the, the sharp end if you like of, of of that process why because we 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 want to spend our time and other resources efficiently we want to align the people early on towards mm-hmm. where we're going, right? And we can't do any of that without first knowing what our destination is, right? Yes. And I think that also I was just going to add before we move on to the next mm-hmm. part, which is your personal vision, that I think the caring piece is vital. There's that of saying course. that people don't care what you know until they know that you care. John Maxwell, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. People don't care what you know until they know how much you care. Exactly. It's, you know, it's part of the connection, Angelina. And it's got to be authentic. It's got to be genuine. Yes. Especially the next generation, because if you don't care, they, they might just start laughing. Yes. Because <laughs> they... <laughs> they'll know it. They, they'll yeah. feel it, right? They'll yes. feel it. Yes. And so, yeah. So, so, so that kind of, if you like, leads into my personal vision. And my personal vision is all really about legacy, surprisingly enough, you know. Okay. Um, so, so I want to leave a legacy where I feel that I've where, where I feel that I've made a a real and lasting difference in the lives of the people that I've touched. A, a real difference, you know, and, and and something that goes on that lives past me. That's my personal vision. That's what I want to, that's what I'm creating right now. And I will create 
for as long as I can. That's beautiful. Mm. Are there any stories that you would like to share, whether it's from your own personal experiences growing up with a family business or anything that? Hmm. Right. How long do you have, Angelina? <laughs> if you've got about five hours, right? If you've got about five hours, well, yeah, I've got some. But okay, let me. Okay, there's one I really like. I really like this one. So, young man, next gen, um, medium-sized family business, turnover around twenty million dollars. Okay, and so here he, he's 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 actually second generation. The business was started by his his parents and his uncle, his father's brother. And they've been running it for, I don't know, 20 years, something like that. So this guy goes out, he gets he gets experience in different companies. He's um, in fact, I met him. I, I trained him um, in, in, in the area of strategy and so on. So um, he goes out. He, he he knew he knew from the start that he what he always wanted to do was get back into the family business, and eventually to take over to transition in from his parents. So he goes back in and he meets a brick wall in the business. Right? What what I mean? I mean that he's now kind of got the things, the pieces in place such that he can contribute to the business, what he's always wanted to do, right? But his parents, his uncle, don't really, I mean, they don't say it like this, right? But they don't believe in him enough. They don't believe that this guy can do what they do because no one can do it as well as they can do it. Right. And and definitely not my son, my nephew. Right. Which is hurtful and can create doubts. Go ahead. It's terribly painful. Right. So and I knew this guy, as I, said, I trained him. And then when he faces brick wall, he came to me and asked for coaching. So we're going through the coaching. And what came out was this, that although he felt this frustration at, 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 his, at this attitude, he also felt an enormous amount of guilt, Angelina, which prevented him from even considering alternatives, right? He felt that if he even thought about leaving the family business and going somewhere else, he was being disloyal to his family, Yes. right? And yes. they didn't deserve it, right? And so even thinking about it made him made him feel guilty. And so there was another thing that held him back, right? And, 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 and it wasn't just in his professional life, and this is what we were saying earlier, right? It wasn't just in his professional life, in his personal life. This was affecting his health. It was affecting his relationship with his, with his family. We had two young children, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and, and his wife. It was affecting his relationship with his friends. I mean, it was, it was, he was a mess. Yes. Poor guy, you know? It was so sad to see. And he was so capable. He is so capable. Anyway, so so went through went through the coaching process. He he then um, he then managed to he got over his guilt. Or he he worked through his guilt. Put it better. And now he's working 
in another family business in the same town, no, actually in the, in, in the capital city now. Um, he's, he's chief executive, you know, which is where he should have been in his, in his own family business. Right. And he's being richly rewarded because he's doing such an amazing job, you know? And you think to yourself, I'm so happy for him. And of course, other aspects of his life have, have, have improved immeasurably. You know, last right. time I saw him, he, he took me out to lunch. He was so happy. You know, that's what I was <laughs> going to say. He can breathe easier. You can breathe easier. Right. His family and right. wife can breathe easier. Exactly. And it's the ripples like the, we were talking about, Angelina. Yes. The exhale when there's yeah. peace of mind compared to yeah. trying to change people when the only person we can change is ourselves. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I mean, I love that story. I find that inspirational because I saw how difficult it was for him to even entertain the idea that he wouldn't be leading his fam his own family business, and, yes. and being able to work walk by him through that was it's immensely a, satisfying. Yes, and it's interesting the influence of guilt on an individual, no yeah. matter. Right. There was a story a client had shared with me about a gentleman who became a banker and yet he felt disloyal because he didn't join the family farm and become a right. farmer. And even though his parents told him they were incredibly proud of him, he still <laughs> wondered, especially now that they've passed away, did he do the right thing? And it's interesting how much that guilt can hover like a, a gray cloud over one's head. For the rest of their lives. For the rest of their lives. And yes. it manifests in so many ways. Yes, it does. It does. You, you, you know, you behave in a way and, and someone says, what are you doing? You know, you're, you're crazy here. And, and yes. And, but if you go down to the root of that, very often it's something like guilt that you've been carrying for most of your life. Right. Right. Yes. Okay. So um, um, as we wrap, what might yeah. you share is one of your best strengths or strategies that you bring as a coach and an advisor to your clients? Well, actually, you know what? I, I mean, I, I, think, I think I've covered most of, of what I consider to be my strengths and, and the approach that I take. So I will reiterate something which I think is fundamental to, to adding value to, uh, to, to my clients. And that is that I only take clients whom I believe I can help. And I, I, when, I, when I take someone on, I do it with care and love and passion and commitment. All right, it's not just a job. I do it because I want to see that person blossom, to move through, to break through that brick wall. I want to see that smile on that person's face. It's important to me. Right, right. And, 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 and the reason I do it is for permanent change for that person, not just something for today, tomorrow, and next week. It, you know, I, wanna, I, I want that person to, to, have, to have a transformational shift in how they live their lives and what they achieve. That's my approach. That's my strategy. That's my style. That's what sits well with me. What's authentic for me. Mm -hmm. And it works with my clients. 
And, and beautiful. And mm. if there is one thing that you wish your clients and family businesses could be more conscious of, what might that be? It's okay not to know all the answers. It's all right, you know, and to remember that nobody, nobody, no matter how successful they've been in any field of life, ever does it alone. Well said, well said. You know, so let's, you know, don't be shy, don't be embarrassed. Just, just accept it. And if you really want to make a difference in life, your own and others, you don't have to do it alone. Yes. People around to help. Good, good. Well, thank you, Mr. Kamar, very much. For... Call me Ashim, please. Okay. We know Ashim. each other so well now, Angelina. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not be formal. Okay. All right. I'm trying to be uh, very British, right? London style. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We use first names here as well. Okay. Um, so I thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and um, what a lovely legacy to manifest and fulfill. And I think that the more that people hear that and the more that it resonates, the more they realize that they have the resources that are available to of individuals to add to their team to help guide them in what the outcome can be. And the outcome can be so much uh, easier, brighter, better than just one mind working alone, one heart, one soul, and so forth. Always. That when there's two or more in agreement, that the that the the final outcome can be much more beneficial for everybody that it impacts, whether it's just the sole family, the sole business, the shareholders, the employees, but also the entire customer base, and then how that ripples into society. So, thank you very Absolutely. much. And what is You're the very best, welcome? Mm -hmm. What would be the best way that anybody, if they wanted to reach you, um, I'll also add it to the show notes, but. Um, if you could share sure. absolutely no. your I, I mean you know I'm very happy for anyone that would like to have a chat with me uh, for, for you know to, to, to um, email me drop me an email at uh, Ashim my first name at aka-lead.com and uh, we'll fix we'll fix up a call and um, obviously no obligation no cost um, and, and, you know, it'd be, it'd be great to talk if, if there's any way in which I can add value, I'm more than happy to, to do so if I can. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ashim. And until My next absolute time. pleasure. My okay. absolute pleasure, Angelina. And thank you for inviting me. All right.